Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. Welcome to everyone that's present, which isn't very many, and all of you that are watching out there and joining us for worship today. I uh, just pray that you had a blessed week and that you and God were able to do some amazing things this week. One thing that we're asking this week as we begin the service is that you take a moment right now, especially if you're on YouTube, listen to me. We need you to share this service and share it with as many people as you can. So if you can reach down and hit that share button, make sure you do that right now. Send that out to your friends, to your family, people that might not necessarily know that we're on every week and just share the fact that we do this service and we would love to have them join us today. It's been a great week at church. We've got a lot of things accomplished. We've got a lot of things that we're able to do because of your continued support. We love our church family. We thank you for the way that you continue to reach out to us, the way that you pray for us. And as a staff, that means a whole lot because sometimes it gets really lonely in here. But it's always great to remember the people that are out there and the hearts and, the, and all your thoughts and prayers that are with us. So as we get ready for worship today, I'm just going to ask that you join with me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Father, this day, above all days, this week, we come to sing praises. We come to break your word and have Harold share the sermon today with us. And we're just praying that it touches us in a special way. And Father, for all of our friends that are joining us uh, through the internet, on television today, that as they watch this service, Father, we know that only you can reach out to their heart through your Holy Spirit and move them and let them feel your presence. So, Father, as we sing, as we open your word, just take this as a praise offering to you, Father, for all that you do for us. We're so blessed to be able to get up here this morning and just draw the focus on you and take these moments and just share them with you, our Heavenly Father. Father, be with the ones that are in trouble, the ones that are struggling right now, the ones that are going through health problems. We just continue to lift them up. And Father, also be with the ones that just don't know your son, Jesus Christ. And if there's a way in which we can reach out there to them and share that loving, loving son of God with them, let us find that way this week. So bless us in this time. Let us feel your presence, Father. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It is good to be back with you this week. Um, we hope that you've had a great week. Uh, and we're going to do something a little bit different. We normally have, uh, when you're here, we normally have a little greeting time. Uh, what we want you to do is pull your phone out. Even if you're watching this on the phone, it'll be easy. But uh, get your phone out. And we want you to text somebody that you don't normally text or you haven't talked to while we play a little bit of this song. And uh, just tell them how much you love them and how much you miss them during this time. Well,
touch your knees The mountains shake and crumble At your knees The oceans roar and tumble At your knees Angels will bow The earth will rejoice your people cry out. Lord, all the earth will shout your name, shout your name, peering at the skies in His praise, in His praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, O oh Lord. At your name, the morning breaks in glory. At your name, creation sings your story. At your name, angels will bow, the earth will rejoice, the people cry out. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. some Yahweh Yahweh's all the way up here this morning. That's uh, God's covenant to keeping name Yahweh. And if you're at home, you're welcome to shout Yahweh. That'll be awesome. I want to welcome you, uh, Burlington Baptist and even new friends. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. This is usually the time where we take a few moments and uh, give to the work of God in his church. And I just want to take a second and thank you for your faithful giving. Uh, you all have just... Uh, Continue to give through all this, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I notice the giving each week, and uh, we're right there at budget and uh, able to keep doing ministries. Uh, you know there's lots of needs, and I just want to thank you for taking the time. And uh, if you would take a moment this morning, maybe to write out a check or to get online and uh, 
and send in your tithes and offerings. Uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, we're going to be sharing some uh, some needs uh, with you soon, and uh, we know there are lots of people struggling right now. And uh, your faithful giving allows us to continue to minister to our community. And so just thank you for that. Uh, Annie Armstrong, we met that uh, go. And so thank you for making sure you gave to that, even though we weren't here. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, Let's pray and ask the Lord to to bless the giving today. Father, we're just humbled, I am, that uh, your people are, are faithful in giving. And uh, even in a time of difficulty, thank you for their giving. Uh, Lord, we know you're the God who provides. And uh, you call us to be good stewards of everything you give us. And so help us to do that. Uh, Lord, we pray this morning for those who have needs around us. Uh, We know there are some they are not working. Uh, They haven't gotten any assistance yet. And they're anxious about that. And uh, there may be some who are hungry and have needs. I, I pray, Lord, that we could help them. We pray that they could contact us or we'd hear about them and, and be able to meet some needs. We, we, want to, we want to love our community during this time. And, uh, and we pray that everything that's given this today, this week, you'll multiply it, that we'll be good stewards of it, and uh, help us to, to love one another. And, uh, Lord, we, we learned that from you, and uh, we want to be faithful in that. So thank you. Uh, Lord, thank you for this privilege to praise you this morning. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Your embrace, light of the 
told you lately we miss you here's a hug that's all I can do right now but uh, we'd love to give you a hug and a handshake and uh, listen we're going to try to have a drive-in service on Mother's Day Uh, we're looking forward to that I just ask you to just keep checking on each other Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get back together soon but there are a lot of people who are lonely and uh, as I call our seniors a lot of them don't have computer and so they're not uh, some of them not even able to listen to our services and so Uh, Please keep checking on each other. Uh, Keep praying for your one. Uh, God still wants to to save some. We know that. Uh, Keep inviting people to worship with us. Uh, I think we're having between 1,500 and 2,000 or so viewing the services. And so uh, take a moment and share that. As Jeff said, we we invite you to do that. Uh, Lots of you listening or viewing, I don't know, but I look forward to meeting you someday. And uh, if you ever want to talk about a relationship with Jesus, uh, I'd love for you to email uh, hbest at burlingtonbaptist.org or call or call the office. Uh, we've got lots of people that would love to talk to you. And so this morning we're going to talk about uh, hope for our marriages. And I'll be in Matthew chapter 19, uh, hope for our marriages. My son, was, my son Kyle was supposed to got married yesterday uh, to his sweetheart and uh, 
We know COVID-19 kind of messed all that up. And uh, they went ahead and got married in March because they knew they weren't going to be able to gather with friends and family. Let me show you a couple pictures. That's Kyle and Sierra. Uh, We were able to have a little bit of fun that day and put on some masks and uh, try to make the best of it. I think we got some pictures of some other married couples. We'll show you a few of those. Uh, These are good. And uh, if you want to send yours in... Uh, Jessica said she'll take them all, and we'll put them out there this week and uh, show off some of our married couples. Them nice glasses on that guy, and uh, these are good. This guy's aged a little bit, ain't we? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, send your pictures in, and we'll, uh, we'll have a little uh, slideshow with married couples. That would be awesome. And uh, send those to media at burlingtonbaptist.org if you want to. Uh, this, this past month, several of you have had uh, uh, a little extra time with your spouse, and uh, hopefully that's been a blessing. Uh, some of you this morning might need some hope for your marriage and say, I, we need this to be over with quick. So uh, I heard about a farmer. He went to an attorney to get help acquiring a divorce, and the lawyer uh, said to him, do you have any grounds? And the farmer replied, yep, I have 300 acres. The lawyer said, you're not understanding me. Do you have any case? And the farmer said, no, I don't have a case, but I have a John Deere, and that's what I used to farm those 300 acres. The lawyer tried again. He said, no, 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 you're still not understanding me. Do you have a grudge? The farmer said, yep, that's where I keep my John Deere. You're still not understanding me, the lawyer said. Do you, do you beat your wife up? And the farmer said, nope, she gets up at 5 o'clock just like I do. Finally, the frustrated lawyer said, sir, I'm trying to find out if you have a reason for getting a divorce. Well, said the farmer, we, we seem to have a communication problem. And uh, that's, the, that's the, y'all laughing about that? Yeah, okay. I thought I heard you laughing, yeah. Uh, that's the problem in a lot of marriages. Sometimes it's a communication problem. God's got some instructions for us that gives us hope. And so Matthew 19, I'm going to read verses 4 through 6. If you're grabbing your Bible, I'll give you just a second. If you're listening, why don't you put in the comments how many years you've been married? Uh, 24 for me and Jenny, be 25 in just a month or two. Uh, But you put in how many you've been married. Uh, Verse 4, he answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two but one flesh. Whatever therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Let's pray. Father, we... We, uh, we come humbly, I do, Lord, asking for, uh, for help. Lord, marriage is tough sometimes. Lord, you've blessed me with a, a wonderful wife. I'm thankful for Jenny. I love being married. And uh, yet sometimes I realize that I'm a, not a very good husband. And so uh, help me. Thank you that you've given us instructions. And uh, you want our marriages to, to be strong and lasting and growing and fulfilling. And uh, there to be a picture of you and the church. That's a beautiful picture. We want our marriages to be beautiful like that. Lord, I'm sure that some listening would probably say theirs is anything but beautiful, anything but fulfilling, anything but blessed. And so uh, we pray that through your word, we know your word's living and active, that you'll do some work in our marriages. Uh, We know that because you've given us these instructions and you help us, uh, that we can have the kind of marriage that you want us to have. And so help us and use your word this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I know that some of you listening on here have uh, 
are happily married. You've been married for a long time. You have a blessed marriage. Uh, we realize that marriage kind of in our culture is under attack. It's been that way for a long time. Uh, we sometimes uh, consider the divorce rate. Uh, the last reported divorce rate I could find in America was about 41% for first marriages, about 60% for second marriages, about 73% for third marriages. And so my first point this morning is that statistics often breed hopelessness. Several years ago, I was working on a premarital counseling program, and so I did all kinds of research on uh, reasons for divorce and, and uh, statistics on divorce, and uh, they were all over the place. There was lots of disparity in statistics. Some statistics suggested, and I think they were false, but uh, they suggested that one out of two marriages ended in, in divorce. And so some people go into marriage thinking that they have a 50-50 sense of their marriage working. And so when difficulties come, sometimes they say, I'm out of here. Uh, and so I could share lots of discouraging statistics in regards to the state of marriage. Uh, while I want us to see this morning, though, is that God established marriage. And uh, he gave us an instruction manual. There's lots of instructions in the Word of God about marriages. He has filled us with His Holy Spirit. And so we don't have to treat marriage as if it's a roll of the dice and some make it and some don't. So not only does statistics breed hopelessness, but secondly, Satan beckons helplessness. Satan wants us to feel helpless in our marriages. Some Barna research used to suggest that the divorce rate among born-again Christians was very close to that of non-Christians. Well, I did some research, and that is not at all true. But somehow, Satan has convinced many believers that their chances of having a successful marriage was not much better than those who did not have the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit or did not have the uh, breathed-out instructions from God about marriage. And so Satan has kind of sowed us on the belief that marriage is broken. And here's what he wants us to believe, that marriage is no big deal. Uh, you don't even have to get married. You can just live together if you want to. And if you do get married and you find yourself not happy, by all means, get out. God surely wouldn't want you to be unhappy, would he? So that's some of the lies that Satan likes to, to sell us on. And uh, listen, I want you to know that if you are a believer, uh, your desire ought to be to please God. And God has said in His Word, Malachi 2.16, that God hates divorce. He hates the putting the way of one's wife of their youth. And so I want you to know this morning that Satan is a liar. Uh, we are not helpless. We are not hopeless in having a God-honoring, life-fulfilling marriage. That's what I want us to have. I'm going to talk about that this morning. The third point is that Scripture brings hope. You say, how does the Scripture bring hope? Well, by showing us God's way. We know 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is breathed out by God. It's from God. It's God-breathed, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so God has given us many instructions about how to have a great marriage. That's what we're shooting for. So Matthew 19 uh, verse 5, and, and this is here, Jesus quotes from Genesis 2.24, but he gives us a, the prescription for marriage. Uh, Therefore, uh, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's, that's God's pres prescription. 
We quickly recognize that marriage is to be between one man and one woman. But the prescription there is threefold. It's, it, it's not new to you. Uh, first, you leave. You leave. You, you loose yourself from your father and mother. This doesn't mean you abandon your father and mother, but you, you lose yourself. The parent-child relationship is no longer the prior, priority relationship. So you leave mother and father. Secondly, you cleave. You hold fast. You cleave. You be, you're joined to your wife. The, the, the word there, dadab, means to clean, to stick, to fasten together, to stay close. It's this ideal of permanence. It's like being super glued together. And you know what kind of damage you do when you try to break something that's super glued together? That's the picture that God gives us. Leave, cleave, and then the two shall become one flesh. That's, that's oneness. That's a one flesh relationship. This is the complete giving of oneself to another. It's the idea of intimacy. Um, and this is where a lot of us kind of struggle. It's becoming one. It, it pictures uh, two people walking together, two people playing together, two people working together to solve problems, uh, praying together, weeping together, rejoicing together, having babies together. It's all pictured in this oneness. It's a, a beautiful thing, and, and yet we have to work at it. Many of our marriages, I think, lack oneness, and, and sometimes over the years, with all the, uh, the, the pressures of life, our, our, our oneness suffers. Uh, but that's God's prescription for us. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Not only do we see the prescription for marriage, but secondly, the permanence of marriage. So in verse 5, we got this cleaving and becoming one. Verse 6, notice, so they're no longer two, but one. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. In marriage, we make this thing called a covenant with one another. We promise each other something. We promise ourselves and our faithfulness. We stand before witnesses and we make these vows in sickness and in health to love, honor, and cherish as long as we both shall live. We make those promises. And uh, that's God's plan. That two become one for the rest of your lives. In, in premarital counseling, uh, I talk to couples and I say, if you're thinking about getting married, divorce should not even be an option. You should never put it on the table. God wants you to be faithful to your vows, to your covenant. And he is the witness of those vows when you make them to each other. Uh, scriptures also specify the purity of marriage. Hebrews 13.4 let marriage be in held, held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Uh, listen, you, you make a commitment to your husband or to your wife, and God expects you to be faithful, to honor your marriage vows. Now, statistics indicate that, uh, I hope these aren't right, but statistics indicate that up to, that up to two out of three men and one out of two women have been unfaithful to their spouse at some times during their marriage. I hope that's not the case. Uh, scriptures repeatedly warn against sexual immorality. And, and husbands are told in Proverbs 5.15, Drink water from your own cistern and fresh water from your own well. That's talking about your wife. Let your fountains be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. And so let's be committed to purity within our marriage. I'm talking about sexual purity. I'm talking about purity in our thoughts, purity in our affections and our desires. And then Scripture provides us with the pattern for marriage. 
And we find that pattern in Ephesians chapter 5. You're familiar with this, I think. Uh, God has instituted marriage, and, and within marriage, He specifies roles and responsibilities for both the husband and the wife. This, this is so helpful. And then God gives Himself as the pattern for our marriages. So Ephesians 5, 25, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. Husbands, you want an example? Christ is our example. So let's briefly start with the husbands. The husband is called to lead and love his wife. Lead and love. Now we could add learn in there. and we, Peter talks about live with your wife in an understanding way, but we're not going to talk about that this morning. But two things in particular, if we get these two, we'll be well on our way. We're to lead and love our wives. And so Ephesians 5, uh, first, the husbands are to lead their wives and their families. Uh, notice verse 23, uh, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Husbands are the head of their wife. If, if I were to ask wives, and they're not here this morning, but if I'll ask them there at home. Uh, if I were to ask wives, how many of you are frustrated when your husband fails to be the spiritual leader of your family? There would be all kinds of likes coming up the screen. Because wives want their husbands to be the spiritual leaders of their home. God, God designed it that way. And when men are not willing to lead their families, there is usually conflict and confusion and frustration. And so men need to understand biblical leadership. Uh, church, we need men to be men. And uh, we need men to be the spiritual leaders in their homes. And right now is a super time for you to lead your families. Have some family worship and have some discussions about the Lord and talk to your children and your wife about the Lord. And listen, if you haven't noticed, there, there's a void of men leaders in most churches today. So lead. And then secondly, husbands are to love their wives. You know this, verse 25, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Oh, wow. So men, our standard is Jesus Christ and his love for his church. And Jesus uh, exemplified sacrificial love for us by going to the cross. And he calls us husbands to sacrificially love their wives. Now let me say this. Sacrificial love has nothing to do with whether or not it is deserved. Listen, none of us deserved what Jesus did for us on the cross. We, we don't deserve that kind of love. We're sinners. We live in rebellion against God. And yet he would go and give his life as a sacrifice for us. That's love. And so as such, husbands are to love their wives to a point that they're willing even to, to die for their wives regardless of whether they deserve it or not. Let me say this. Sacrificial love is most needed when it's least deserved. Sacrificial love is most needed when it's least deserved. You know this. You come home and your wife's been uh, schooling your children all day. And uh, she's had it up to here, and uh, she smarts you off. You, you love your wife. Uh, she needs your love. And uh, you, it's a hard time sometimes. Uh, it's stressful. The families are stressed right now. But this is when we're called to love, and it, it's, it's most needed when it's least deserved. And I say this to husbands. You honor God by sacrificially loving your wife. Sometimes they need a hug. Okay? They need a gentle word. Uh, and I'm going to chase a rabbit for just a minute. 
some people will say things like, oh, here's what I've heard over the years. You don't understand, preacher. I can't love her anymore. I don't have any feelings for her. They're all gone. Heard that a lot. Sometimes I take them to Matthew 5, 44. I love, I'm glad God put this in here. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 44. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Same word, aguapeo, that Paul uses in Ephesians 5, 25 when he says, Husbands, love your wives. So Jesus uses that same word and he says, uh, But I say to you, love your enemies. And so I say to some people, here's my point. Even if your wife has become your enemy, you still have a biblical responsibility to love her. And it has nothing to do with how you feel. Listen, love is not feelings first. Before all else, it is a determination to do good for another person because God has told you to do so. You put love into action, the feelings will follow. Uh, love begins, that's where some people don't get this, love begins with the desire to please God. He tells us to love and we want to please Him. He's laid down His life for us. And so we love even when it's hard. And the feelings most often follow. So husbands are to lead and love their wives. Secondly, the wife is called to submit to and respect her husband. So there in Ephesians 5, 22, Wives, submit to your own husbands. Now, back in verse 21, we're submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so that's what goes on most of the time in our marriages. We submit to one another. We love and respect each other. But verse 22 specifically says that wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. That word submit means to choose to place yourself under someone's leadership. And so here's the picture. A husband is loving and leading his wife. And when that happens, most wives gladly follow their leadership. That's the picture. That's the pattern. And then in verse 33 of Ephesians 5, However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Wives, let me say this. Your husband needs your respect. They're not always deserving of it, uh, but they need your respect. Uh, so these are tough times, and, and, and we go through tough times in our marriages sometimes. But the picture is just the husband is loving and leading, the wife is submitting and respecting. Uh, now, here's what I want to say. Every commandment of God should give us hope. You'll say, what, what, what do you mean it should give us hope? Here's what we know. We know that God never asks us to do anything that He does not provide the power and the strength to accomplish. Let me ask you, do you, do you believe that? Now, let me say this. A, a good marriage takes work and investing some of you are saying amen i hope uh, proverbs 14 23 in all toil there is profit in all labor there is profit now, here's the truth if you bring together two selfish sinners and you put them together under the same roof it takes work to have a good fulfilling christ-honoring marriage and so put amen in the comment if you believe that. You put two sinners together, it takes some work to have the kind of marriage. And some people don't want to put in the work. Listen, it takes some work. So not only does Scripture bring us hope for marriages, but number four, the Savior bestows help. See, Satan wants us to think we're helpless, uh, but Christ bestows help. 
Proverbs 4.13, I can do all things through Him, through Christ who strengthens me. Now that's in context, because when God tells us to do something, He provides the strength. And so the good news, let me say this again, if God gives us a command, He gives us the power to fulfill it. No exceptions to that. And so what does that mean, practically speaking? Well, I'm glad you asked. I heard that question come out. First, seek God's direction in our marriage. Seek God's direction. Matthew 6, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So seek God's direction. That means that as a couple, we're constantly asking questions like, Lord, what do you want us to do here? Lord, how do you want us to respond to this? And, and you can fill in the blank. We're all going through different things. But Lord, how would you want us to respond to this, or, or how do you want us to use our time and our resources? How do you want us to, where do you want us to send our kids? And all those questions, most often the answer to those questions are found, at least in principle, in the Word of God. He wants us to, to seek Him first and, and look to His Word. And then secondly, seek God's approval for our marriage. Second Corinthians 5, 9. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. You want a mission statement for your, for your marriage? Let's make it our aim to please Him. And so, in regards to, to my marriage, I, I want to please God first and foremost. That means that there are certain times in, in your marriage that maybe your friends or maybe your parents or maybe someone, maybe they're not pleased with your decisions, but, but our primary aim is to please God. We seek His will and His direction and we follow Him. They say, why do I say that? Well, I I believe our greatest ambition should be to please God in everything. At the end of the day, at at the end of my life, I I want my marriage to bring glory to God. I I want it to display the gospel. Listen, church, marriage is is important to God. And that's why He's given us so many instructions uh, regarding our marriages. And that's why He's given us this helper, the, the Holy Spirit, to enable us to obey these instructions. And so, bottom line, uh, with His Word, His instructions, and with the help of His Spirit, there is so much hope for our marriages. I believe that every marriage can have Christ's hope if you seek to build your relationship according to God's design. And so this morning as we prepare to close, listen, there's, there's only one relationship that's, that's more important than marriage, and that's your relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, Jesus has modeled sacrificial love for us. I want you to think back to the cross. Uh, We could say that on the cross, Jesus declared, without any questions, on the cross, Jesus declared his love for you. He loved you so much that he would die in your place. He would take all your sin, all your punishment, and he would take it upon himself. That's how much he loved you. And so on the cross, Jesus publicly declared his love. Isn't that humbling? That Jesus publicly declared his love for you. And so let me ask this question this morning. Do you love him? And, and not only do you love him, but have you publicly declared your love for Christ as your Savior and Lord? Now, we think about marriage. Let me ask you this. Would you love and honor and cherish him as long as you live? I don't believe this morning that you're watching by accident. Uh, God, God wants to get a hold of some of you in regards to your marriage. Maybe you've quit working on your marriage. You've kind of laid down on it. And uh, you just expect Him to fix it without 
obeying His Word. Listen, God wants to get some of you's attention this morning. Uh, so many Christians, they have marriages, but they don't have God-honoring marriages. They don't have the blessed, fulfilled marriages that God desires. Listen, you can have that. And so what steps do you need to take today to have a Christ-honoring marriage? Listen, if we can help you, uh, email us, call us. We, we'll walk beside you. Uh, we want that for you. And then some of you, God wants to invite into a relationship with Himself. Uh, I want you to know this morning that uh, there's nothing more important than for you to know that, that uh, if you were to die, you're going to heaven. Do you know that? Do you know for certain that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven? You can know that today. It's, it's time for some of you to quit playing games with God. You're not promised another opportunity, uh, but you have one today. Uh, to put your faith, your trust, your hope in Jesus Christ. We, we invite you to do that. Won't you pray with me? Father, thank you today for your word and for all the instructions. And uh, sometimes we, we see these instructions in our flesh. We, we just want to give up. And yet you've given us your spirit and you've given us these instructions. Lord, help us as husbands to, to love our wives sacrificially. Uh, Lord, help us to give ourselves to, to lead our families. Uh, Lord, I'm sure there's some, uh, some men that are struggling in that area. I, I pray you would remind them today that they're called to, to lead spiritually their families, their children, their wives. Uh, help them with that. Uh, Lord, some need to confess that they've not done that. Lord, there's some wives that uh, have struggled with submitting and respecting their, their husbands. Help them. Uh, Lord, there's some couples that may be in a mess. Uh, Lord, remind them of the hope that we have. Uh, Lord, you, you give us hope uh, as we look to your instructions. And so give hope to some today and encouragement to some. And, and may some just uh, realize that they need to work uh, together in this beautiful institution called marriage. We pray for that. And, and Lord, if there's a person listening today that doesn't have a relationship with you, we, we pray that their eyes have been opened to your love for them, that they turn from their sins and believe upon Jesus and publicly declare Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. We pray for that, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, before we sing, if, if your marriage is struggling and maybe it's a, just in a mess, I, I just don't throw in the towel. Listen, God wants you to have hope today. And you can have that. Uh, just consider what steps you need to take uh, to have a, a Christ-honoring marriage. And uh, God will walk with you through that. And we'll be here to help you if we can. There's a place on the comments that have our numbers and emails if, if we can help you with that. And, and obviously, if you want to know more about a relationship with Jesus Christ, please, please uh, give us your number or your email address. We'd love to talk to you about that.
this morning. Thank you, praise team, again. I appreciate you guys. Uh, on Sunday night, tonight at 6, uh, we're doing this some married couple checkups. Uh, if you'd like to join us, we had a good time last week uh, just kind of talking about how we're getting through these different days. Uh, put your email address in there and we'll send you an invitation. We do it by Zoom and it's just a bunch of married couples talking about marriage. And uh, So if you want to join us for that, you can. Uh, Danny, I'll let you Got ask them to Give you questions yeah, so you can answer yeah. those. Thank you. you. Did, we did, Sue. So if you guys caught our, uh, if you guys caught our first podcast this week, thank you so much for watching. And we still want questions about uh, something you heard during the service that Brother Harold talked about. Um, and uh, you can email those. You can put them in the comments of this. Uh, we have been checking those out. We got a couple from this week. Uh, somebody asked me just face to face. One of them, I had to remember it, so we did that. But uh, it went really well. And uh, also, thank you guys, and continue to watch our Studio 3 on Friday night. We just, uh, it's really blessing us, and hopefully it's doing the same for you, and we're going to pray out of here. Lord, just thank you so much for this opportunity to come into your house and worship and, and, and to listen about uh, what you want in our marriages and, and, and to give examples for those who are getting married so that they know, you know, 
how to, how to just use their marriage to just glorify you. Lord, we just thank you so much for that. And thank you for your word and, and, and what's in it for us as a couple and as individuals. Lord, and we just uh, we want to keep bringing the gospel to people. Lord, help us as a church um, in here, sitting at home, just to continue to reach out to people and just talk to them about how much Jesus means to us and, and what he did for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Yeah.